0: welcome to the crystal guardian podcast my name is caressa and this is a show on which i share about my life as a healer and crystal artist here we meet at the crossroads of creativity and consciousness art and spirituality giving a voice to the visionaries of today And a very, very big welcome to the Crystal Guardian podcast. This is the very first episode and I am super, super excited. It's the first solo episode that I will record as well. You know, to start off things with, yeah, with you getting a little bit of an insight into what has my story been like and who actually is this person behind the microphone? What I wanted to share with you guys today is my journey of, and I don't like to use this word too much because it has such a a trendy (laughs) ring to it nowadays, but my spiritual awakening, the journey that I had that made my consciousness broaden and that made me really realized that there was no other way to live than the way that I'm living right now. Yeah, this was a very, very long time in the making. And of course, I will also share on this podcast more the journey that I had within my business and within my art business and how that all evolved. But for now, really focusing on, yeah, what has my journey been like on the spiritual plane? Before diving into my story of how I found my way into the spiritual world, how I found my way into the life that I live right now, I would like to share a little bit about who I am in this moment. I am Caressa, I am the host of this podcast, the Crystal Guardian podcast, you've probably heard a little bit about it already in the trailer if you've listened to that. What I do right now is I am a crystal grid artist. I make art with crystals. They are frames, art pieces, and it's always so hard to put into words what I do. So if you're curious, if you've never seen my work before, maybe you have, maybe you follow me on Instagram, but if you haven't and you found your way to this podcast, to this episode, then check it out on my Instagram with Carissa, it's just nicer to have the visual and to kind of know know what it looks like. Yeah, so I am a crystal grit artist. I am also a crystal healer and crystal healing expert. I give healings to my clients here in Utrecht. They are crystal healing experiences where, of course, I tap deep into the power of crystals and amplify that with using Reiki on the body, using energy healing, I also use sound, sound healing, and really all the tools that I've gained over the years, they are put together to form this very high vibrational and beautiful experience. So this is what I do in my art pieces. I channel someone's soul. People also sometimes call them soul portraits because the crystals, they speak so clearly. They are such beautiful beautiful tools to work with because their energy is just so clear and present and they speak so loud and through these artworks through creating crystal grids a soul is translated so the energy of a person the energy of your essence of your your greatest and brightest self is expressed through the crystals and it's a really beautiful Uh, yeah, a very special thing that I found my way into because it wasn't something that I feel someone else was already doing or something that I I had seen. It was really this thing that came from, from the deepest place in my heart and that I am now very lucky to be able to call my work. And one of the most important things in my work is to honor the beauty that the earth offers us the abundance of the earth to yeah not just have your crystals lying around but to create something with them to show them for the beauty that they hold inside and really this honoring this offering to the earth it's something that's very dear to me and in my work I deeply deeply connect with the spirits and the energy of the crystals and and it feels like a collaboration it feels like we are working together to create something in the world to help people energetically to support people energetically and to remind people of what is inside them and what wants to be seen and I also facilitate crystal grid experiences where you can make your own crystal grid art piece tuned into your soul, to have your soul's expression come through. Just something that I found to be very, very special. It is a guaranteed tearjerker every single time, but I just feel super honored to be able to do this work, and I wanted to share this little nugget of who I am, what I do. Of course, it's not who I am, it's the, the job that I do, the occupation that I occupy but it gives a good general idea of the energies that I work with that's where I am now let's rewind all the way back to where it all began if we go really really far back my whole life I've had crystals around me. I grew up with very open-minded parents. Um, I also grew up in the Bible belt, so it was always a little bit of a, uh, yeah, a little bit of a dualistic feeling there of on one side having a lot of friends who are very, very religious, and then on the other hand, um, me growing up in a house where my mom told me that I could visit and take away whatever I loved about every religion that I came across. So growing up with a mom who, yeah, who always told me that I could take whatever I loved and whatever I resonated with from every religion that I came across. So I believed in reincarnation, great, then that's your religion. I believed in you know, whatever, just all these little things that felt for me that that is the way that the universe works. And also kind of feeling that, you know, if the universe would work this way, that would make me very happy. So why would I believe anything else? So that's kind of how I grew up. And my mother, she, uh, she's she been involved with Wicca, and that was something that I was fascinated by uh, as a young teenager. We also had religious studies in high school, and this super religious teacher of mine, he um, he made us all do a some, some kind of report on a religion that we could choose, and I chose to do mine on Wicca, and it was actually a whole um, discussion and back and forth to even make my case that Wicca is a valid religion, that it was something that I could just write my reports on. And and I had shown him this, I had convinced him this, and then actually really aced that report card. So that was such a big win for me to have that expression of the other side of me within this role that was, yeah, that was my friends and uh, the school that I grew up in or the school that I went to. So this was kind of what I came from and one of the stories that I always love to tell, which is so, which is such a good representation of what it was like growing up for me, is that when I moved out and actually lifted up my mattress for the very first time, there was this big, big chunk of tourmaline that my mother had put there and it's it had been there for years and I had no clue and it was, you know, like... It was bigger than probably two fists together, and I had never known. And this was very, very much how I grew up with spirituality in my home as well. It was never something that was very much discussed. It was never something that was put on me. It was never something that was very present or that I knew a lot about. I just had these experiences happen around me. I had this big amethyst geode in my bedroom my whole life, and... tourmaline under my mattress and when we had fights my mom would walk through the room with uh, some sage and smudge the house and this was always a very present thing in my life but never something that I fully practiced myself or that I dove into myself. I remember um, reading happiness magazine (laughs) Um, in my room, I remember secretly reading all the books on Bicca that my mom had on her bookshelves. Yeah, and that that's kind of how far it went. I did yoga growing up, but never really fully feeling like it was, yeah, like it was going to be something that I was going to do for the rest of my life or that I was going to be part of, yeah, of a community that was practicing this really as one of the most fundamental parts of their lives, I went to art school after, um, after high school and quit after a year and then decided that I was going to work and then travel for a year. And when I went to travel, I went to Australia. And this is really where the next phase of my life opened up. And um, that is the story that I really want to share with you today. I went to Australia and at this point in my life, I was not a spiritual yogi. I was very much in a phase where I really enjoyed parties. I had a lot of fun. Um, there was a lot of aliveness. This was around uh, the time that I was, I think I was 21 at the time. And yeah, I was just living the life of 21-year-olds, <laughs> enjoying my time traveling and when I was in Australia, I went to Sydney at first. And in Sydney, I um, I decided to go on this bus tour. And this bus tour was a tour with an actual guide. And he was driving us to a little town. And you could hop off the bus and decide to stay for a couple of days. And then the bus would come, like it would stop there every day. But it would just be a different guy driving it yeah, it kind of went like that. And when I hopped in Sydney, there was this, this guy that was driving the bus and immediately I was like, okay, this is really, um, this is such a cool, like this surfer guy, rugged Australian bush guy. I immediately was like, okay, you're cool. And I get motion sickness when I'm traveling for a longer time in a bus or in a boat or planes, whatever. So I asked him if it was okay if I could sit in the front with him, because that usually helps with not getting motion sickness. During this uh, trip, I was sitting in the front with him, and I remember, I remember distinctively he was telling these things about what he did for a living next to um, doing these bus tours and was kind of, you know, like when you're, when you're spiritual and other people are not, you're always kind of touching base of like, okay, how far can I go? How much can I tell? Um, you know, not always, some people just go full in, but, um, sometimes you kind of like feel the water first. Right. So that was what he was doing with me. Like, okay, how much can you, can you digest? So he was talking that he did acupuncture and that he did Reiki And then I told him, like, oh, actually, uh, my mom always does a lot of these things, and uh, I think it's really cool, and I'm super interested, but I don't really know that much about it. And then he gave me this this side eye and then said, like, I could really see that in you, that energy, that consciousness. And that, for me, was a moment where I was like, wow, okay. It was looking back the very first moment where I made a conscious decision that, hey, actually, these are things that really interest me. And I really want to hear about your life, what you do, and how all these things work. Because in my family, we never really talked about it that much. So it was all, you know, there was this layer of mysticism around it and this layer of... uh, not per se secrecy because it wasn't deliberate, but it was just not very much spoken of. So when I met uh, Marcus was his name, I was like, wow, okay, I can ask him things. I can get to know all these things that I've been dying actually to know my whole life, but never felt the space to be able to, to ask and to learn. So we ended up talking really connected and... At one point in a trip, I think it was, we were together for for two weeks during that whole trip in the bus together. And at one point he suggested like he could do a Reiki treatment on me to experience what it feels like, the energy. And in that moment, I already felt like a very big chemistry with him. So I remember lying down for the Reiki and I was just thinking to myself, you know, while he was giving me this really beautiful treatment, I was just thinking like, oh, is he maybe going to kiss me or is he maybe going to uh, touch me because I wanted him to, to write. And he was feeling that energy and he was like, no, I can't do that. We're in this sacred space and I don't want to, um, you know, mingle that, those energies together because that's for him, of course, not professional. And also, you know, it's not a safe space if you kind of go into that sexual tension Without it being something that has been discussed aloud, of course, that was very funny. You know, looking back now, I'm like, of course he didn't do that, and and of course he wasn't. He was never going to um, going to do those things. But yeah, it was um, uh, just to show how green I was in at that point in everything that I was doing and um, how much I knew about, you know, the this more so spiritual world or the world of energy healers, that kind of stuff. There was really this very big connection and very big chemistry between us. And I immediately felt and knew that I was going to learn so much from him. And um, there was so much love there that when it was at the end of the two weeks that he was going to go somewhere else and I was going to stay somewhere longer. And I remember being so sad because I thought... I might never see him again. We decided to have a night together, so we booked a hotel and we had the nights in that hotel together before he was going to go back and I was going to continue on traveling because I didn't want to stop, you know, this big travel, this big journey that I had planned just because I met some guy, you know. It was still very fresh and yeah, I did did really want to continue on my journey, but um, we decided to spend some time together that night it was so beautiful because that night really has shifted, shifted my life. We decided to do a kind of channeling where he would channel my grandfather. I was able to ask him questions and then his body would go one direction or the other direction. He would feel an answer, but he would never hear me ask those questions. So I would ask them in my mind and then he would just give me Um, the answer. And this was very beautiful moments because I really felt that presence of my grandfather there. And yeah, it was such a beautiful, beautiful moment. And I remember after that moment, after that channeling, a lot of answers came through. I really felt his presence there, my grandfather's presence that, um, yeah, he had passed a couple of years Before that, I think five years before that, something like that. And always, yeah, played a very important role in my life. So I was feeling, you know, at the end of that, I was really feeling in tune with the non-physical world. And the layer, the veil was very, very thin. And at that moment, I went out onto the balcony and I looked up at the moon. And when I looked up at the moon, it was... It had this beautiful rainbow colored halo around it. So it was this big halo that went from uh, from red to orange to yellow to green, moving out from the center of the of the moon. I called Marcus over and I was like, Marcus Marcus, come here, you have to see this. It's the moon. It's just beautiful. It's amazing. I have never seen it like this. He looks up at the moon. And then looks up at me and he he said, like, that's all you, babe. It's I can't see it. And I I didn't believe him. And I, you know, I grabbed my phone and I tried to take a picture of it because I was so convinced that it was, you know, just some some beautiful natural phenomenon that I was that I was witnessing. You know, obviously I tried to take the pictures, it didn't show. Marcus couldn't see this. And then I realized. Actually, something had opened within me and something had awakened within me, and I could see energy. And I'm saying this now, and my hands start tingling because that was such a big moment for me because it became tangible, it became physical, it didn't just become something that we talked about and we had these deep conversations before, of course, about all of these things. But in that moment, I Felt it, and that ever since I have always seen this rainbow-colored halo around a source of light, especially when it's dark out, when uh, it's nighttime. I see them around, um, you know, the the lights on the streets, and just. Any source of light, I can see, still see this halo around it. And I can also notice that in moments where I am less in tune with myself, the halos become less and they become less obvious. So that's really a telltale for me as well to, um, to know like, hey, okay, I need to turn inward a bit more and I need to focus my attention on myself a bit more and my personal growth because I'm I'm losing that connection. You know, also a reason why I feel so connected to the moon because whenever I look up I remember how beautiful this world is and how small I am as a single human being within you know all these energies that are playing and all these things that are present around us and it's just such a beautiful feeling to feel like you are part of this whole and you are part of this whole cosmic play Another thing that happened around that time as well, right before I went to Australia, I had very, very severe sleep paralysis. If you don't know what sleep paralysis is, it's the most terrible form of nightmares. It's a combination of lucid dreaming and a nightmare. So you are super present. You experience everything as if it is really happening, like as if it is your reality. And of course, the name already kind of tells sleep paralysis, you are paralyzed. So you experience usually the classic way that you experience it, but I experience it in different ways as well. But the classic way is that there is this big demon right above you, and you cannot move your body, you cannot scream, you cannot say anything, but you experience it as if it is real and before this trip I was uh, sleeping so 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 bad because I was scared to go to sleep I was trying to stay awake as long as I could and and not knowing that this was me already opening to the energetic world but not knowing how to protect myself and not knowing how to set boundaries and not knowing how to talk to this to these energies as well. So I was super open they came and visit me in my sleep, usually not with bad intentions, but there was just a miscommunication there. And, you know, it also, the dream world for me is such a big thing because to this day, every single morning I wake up and I remember every detail of my dream. I can tell you every single night, this is the dream I had. This is what happened. These people were there. Very, very often I still get into these um, misunderstandings because I believe that I have sent someone a message or I believe that we have had a conversation, but then actually I had dreamt it. And, you know, really to the extent of me grabbing my phone, going back, but I'm sure that I sent it and then I I have never sent it because it was in my dreams. Also, one of the reasons why I never journal um, the day after, because this encourages lucid dreaming and this can be a trigger for me to experience the Uh, sleep paralysis again as well so just something that I'm a little bit conscious around usually when I went to Australia the sleep paralysis was becoming less and less and less but I did still have nights and moments after this whole experience on the balcony with the moon with Marcus that I then could understand more so One night, this was after me and Marcus had said goodbyes. We never knew if we were going to see each other again. It was all very much in the open. And we just decided to, yeah, to stay in touch, but to let each other go and to just see what the universe wants for us. And, you know, and this sounds... I'm talking about it now and it sounds so funny because it was such a short period and I was so young and he was he was actually quite a bit older he was I think he was 32 around the time it was it was a moment where we both we just put our faith in the universe and if we were meant to see each other again we would so I continued on traveling and at one point I was traveling together with this girl and we would uh, we went out to a bar at night and we were supposed to sleep together in the same bed because we didn't want to pay for, <laughs> for two beds that night um, because it was a very short night. We had to take a bus at like five o'clock in the morning. So we were like, okay, no need to, um, uh, to get a bed for two people. We'll just share one bed. And she ended up going out and I ended up going home a bit earlier. So I was already sleeping in the hostel and at one point... I just woke up instantly, really wide awake, and I looked at, them, uh, at the end of the bed, and I saw this kind of this shim, and I thought to myself, this is my friend um, who's coming back, nothing going on, and I was just looking, and I tried to focus my eyes on, um, on the shape, on the f- person that I saw at the end of the bed, and couldn't quite focus and then saw that it was actually more a black shim that I was seeing and that it was not my friend. I remember being super scared because, you know, of course I had had these experiences while lucid dreaming, but then also being very aware that it is a lucid dream. So it's in the dream world. And for me, in this instant, I was wide awake I I awoke and I saw this shim and it really, I could feel the presence because the presence felt like like my friend was there, right? It really felt like there was a person in that room. I had talked about my um, sleep paralysis with Marcus before and he had shared some things um, with me of how to talk to spirits when they visit you. And, you know, that's really the thing. You can talk to the spirits that visit you and you can ask them to go away you can tell them right now I do not have the space to to help you or to you know usually it's it's shims that are spirits that are trapped or that have something that still needs to happen on the physical plane which makes that they can't pass on they come to you because you can see them right so they're like hey can you help me out what's going on Something needs to happen, they're scared, they're lost, they don't know what's going on, so they try to get the attention from the people that can actually perceive them. The beautiful thing in all of this is that you can ask the spirit, hey, I don't have the space for it right now, can you leave? I don't know how to help you, can you maybe leave? Can you find someone else? This is what I did in that moment, and I asked, hey, can you, uh, can you go away? I really want to sleep, and I don't think I can help you. I don't know how to help you. And then I blinked my eyes and it was gone. And after that, I remember staying in that bed shivering because I was so scared and so amazed as well by what had just happened because it was the very first time that I I had witnessed this or that I had perceived this so consciously and that I could actually see the effect of me working with this spirit or with this energy and this yeah this was the moment that I stopped being afraid as well because it it taught me that I can communicate with them and there have been moments after after this experience of course uh, over the over the years that I did feel the space and I did help and and it was a beautiful experience but this was really the moment where it all started Over the next few weeks that I was traveling, I, of course, very, very cautiously started to bring up these topics of seeing spirits and seeing the rainbow around the moon. And I, whenever I could, I would just ask a random person like, hey, can you see the rainbow around the moon? Or what what do you see when when you look at the moon? And, you know, and they would explain to me and I was like, yeah, and the like the cool halo around it. Like, what color do you think it is? And just kind of trying to fish for, you know, if it was really just me that was seeing that or, you know, I wanted some kind of feedback or some kind of confirmation from the outside world to do what I was experiencing. And if it really was something that just me, that just I was seeing, or if it was something that everyone could see. But time and time again, people were just like, no, nope, no, I really like don't see anything, um, you know, or yeah, the, the moon's beautiful. It's amazing, but never about that rainbow colored halo around it. And the more and more I started talking about it with people, and I remember having conversations with people who didn't believe in these things, but they were just very amazed by what I was sharing about the things that I had just experienced. And And I started to feel safe to talk about these kind of things, because, of course, for me growing up, it wasn't something that we discussed. And I really do think that growing up in the Bible Belt, while having a mother who was doing all these witchy things, and um, you know, you kind of learn that it's not something that's talked about, or it's not something that we share. And I think my mom was also always very careful that I wasn't going to school and talk about all these weird things that we would do around the house, or you know, not that. There was, like, big-ass rituals, but, you know, those little things that she didn't want me to be an outcast or an outsider in that way, so protecting me as well. This was the very first time in my life that I, I was learning that it was safe to talk about these things and that I was accepted yeah that was the the time where I where I felt like I cannot ignore this anymore I can see it I can experience it and as so many people who for example discover yoga or discover meditation I had that instant instant realization of I have to share this with the world I want to help people I want to have other people experience this and that's how my journey began After Australia I went to Bali and when I was in Bali, me and Marcus decided that our time together wasn't done yet. So I decided to go home to Holland, to the Netherlands, and then after a month, return back to Australia to move in with him and to live there. So I um, he actually moved from the Gold Coast, if you're familiar with Australia, because I did not like the Gold Coast at all, to a place very close to Byron Bay, to Bex Hill. And... I love Byron Bay. For people who don't know, Byron Bay is the biggest hippie surfer town with a crystal shop on every single corner of the street. And for me, this is the the place where it all began because there it's so normal to talk about these things. You know, people are wearing crystals and doing these um, really cool yoga and energy things. And it's just so normal there. So it was a beautiful way for me to explore that and a very safe space for me to learn about myself in the spiritual sense, to kind of have that moment of introspection, to try out all these different things and see and feel what fit me. I, um, When I came back, I found a very old lady who was teaching reflexology classes in her <laughs> communion where I was there in winter time, Australian winter time, but normally it was a sort of a communion of people just being butt naked walking around. but when I was there no one was naked because it was cold. But um, you know, I found all these crazy hippie places and and just kind of experienced and found my own way through all this. Yeah, I started creating with crystals in Byron Bay. is the place where I bought my very, very first book about crystals, "Crystals for Healing" by Karen Fraser. Oh, such a, such a dear, dear time for me. I don't think there are any months that pass by that I don't have a moment that I sit and think back of the beautiful, beautiful time that I had there traveling experiencing, learning about myself, having Marcus there as a lover, a friend, but also very much as a spiritual mentor and guide. It was such a beautiful moment because I learned so much from him there. And um, he would, you know, tell me to go and meditate naked in the garden for an hour because that was something that I was very afraid of. And he would just kind of make me do all these crazy things that helped me grow so quickly it was really this catalyst of uh, like a vortex in time where I just went from zero to a hundred in 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 a couple of months yeah like I for example something that was very beautiful that I discovered there if you write down and if you speak out your longings to the universe and they are in highest alignment with you and your your heart's desires then they come true I had written, I remember when I was there and I was feeling very in tune and very much in this sacred introspective place within myself. And I wrote down this list and he would mirror back to me, like, hey, actually, your ben stroke or this word, you miss you miswrote it, or you know, like something went wrong in the in the writing, in the handwriting. And he would make me write it down again and again until it was so precise, until it was so clear, and then speaking those longings that I had out to the universe again and again until I could speak them out flawlessly without any hesitation, without any, any form of, yeah, stuttering or, you know, a- any of that. So all these little practices and these mirrors that I was having, that I was getting in that time, they were, yeah, they, they, they helped me grow so incredibly much. So around that time, I decided when I go back, I want to uh, study Reiki my mom and my stepdad—they uh, both are Reiki masters, and um, they have this very old lady in the Netherlands that I don't think she teaches anymore. It was all very, very, um, very cute, and I—I I wouldn't recommend people to go there, but it was—it was a very special thing for me because it was also the place where where the rest of my family was initiated. Yeah, so I decided that's—that's that's what I want to do next. I wanted to become a yoga teacher. I wanted to do all these things that had helped me so much throughout that time and that i felt were so dear to me and i could not 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 deny that that was who i was and and a big part of me that was cracked open and that just needed to be expressed after a couple of months me and marcus decided that our time was over we still very dearly loved each other but Our time together was done. It was this very intuitive feeling of we got what we needed from each other and now it's time to move on. So I went back to the Netherlands and it was a very beautiful, beautiful separation. And in that time, I started a new um, study. So I went to university to study health science when I got back and decided that all my weekends were going to be filled with... Learning Reiki, with learning to teach yoga, with all these spiritual things, I had workshops. I, you know, I I was filling every single moment of my day to learn about these things and to make them part of my life and to integrate them as a part of my life. I remember that when I came back, it was such a pivotal moment in my life that I I gathered up all my friends and I sat them on a couch and. I told them, I am not the same person anymore and I have seen shit, I have experienced things and I cannot deny this part of myself. So that was the moment that I I vowed to myself that I was going to spend the rest of my life in service of the greater good, in service of the whole of the universe. And that's what I've been doing ever since. (laughs) Of course, after that, there have been so many things that have happened this is five years ago it feels so so good to look back and to talk about all these things now as well it's uh yeah nice to be kind of tele-transported back into that time and now we kind of arrive at the point in time where where I would like to stop because it feels like this is where the continuation of the story of how I came to crystal grids um, starts so I will leave that story I think for the next time because it gives just a good general idea of how I came to the place where I am now and I think a very good and beautiful foundation for this podcast to start upon the story of yeah of my life and something that was very very important to me in The beginning of starting to work with energy, starting to work as a healer, was seeing other people around me and connecting with other people around me that were doing the work and they were living their lives, you know, they were paying their rent, they were these beautiful human beings and they were doing the thing. That's why I think it's so important to share my story as well because it gives an idea of where I came from, with how little I started, and yeah, maybe inspires you to go out and do the thing and not be afraid to start. More on this, of course, in the next podcast where I will share about my story of how I found my way to Crystal Grids, which also has its roots in Australia and has been such a beautiful, beautiful process. It's such a joy to create this podcast. I am so happy to to be able to share my stories, but of course also the stories of other creatives who are working at the crossroads of spirituality and creativity and right now I hadn't shared that much about the creative side of my story more on that next time the next time I will be interviewing Sella Molinar she is a beautiful creative I am so excited to share her story with you to share the way that she creates the feeling that she has when she creates It's the first visionary visit that will be on this podcast and I can't wait to feature these voices of the visionaries of today and share their magic, share their their way of looking at the world, which makes it a better, better place. Thank you for being here. Thank you for holding the space for me to feel safe to share. I can't wait to share the rest of my story with you guys and to give you a little look on um, how I got here. See you. See you very, very soon. Thank you for being here. Speak soon.